Welcome to the Developer Spotlight on the Full Dive Gaming Podcast. In the Developer Spotlight, we sit down with VR industry professionals. This week, Jay and Nat are here sitting down with Tim Sullivan, the CEO of Sullivan Studios, a VR game development company. Tim, thank you so much for coming on. And thanks so much for having me today, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, I'm excited. And while we're saying thank you, we got to say thank you to our sponsor, Asterian Products. If you know them out there, they make some beautiful AR and VR headset accessories. And I know there's actually a few of these uh, Asterian auras that you can see in the background of my shot here, all the way in Australia, where Tim is at. I think uh, if you know of Nazy or Potato Batman, a couple of creators in Australia have their own Asterian auras. If you want to get yours, check them out on Amazon. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tim, for being on the show with us. We've seen you have a couple games between App Lab and SideQuest. One looks like an Attack on Titan game called Attack on Quest, and the other is a demo called Out of Time, a hoverboard park simulator. Tell us about these two games and just a brief overview, and we'll get more into it as we go on. Sure, and cut me off if I keep talking too much because I've had a strong coffee this morning because <laughs> it is 10 o'clock in the morning in Melbourne. So Attack on uh, Titan or Attack on Quest um, is the game that Mini built uh, before he came to work at Sullivan Studios. And he's really well known in the uh, industry for that. Uh, essentially, it's a fan-made game of Attack on Titan, uh, and it's set in the Attack on Titan world. It's a single-player and multiplayer experience, um, and pretty oh. much the whole point of the game is to kill Titans. So if you're a big fan of Attack on uh, Attack on Titan, you would love that. Um, and then we've got Out of Time, which is our hoverboarding game, and that's purely because I have a one-wheel, which is like an electric skateboard, and I wanted to replicate that in VR, and we, try we wanted to try some new movements in the space. And we also wanted to go through the whole app lab experience and see how easy it was or how hard it was, and it ended up being really hard, so... <laughs> It was a really good experience. But yeah, essentially, that's a, it's a racing game. Uh, and then we added a skate park to it. Um, but it's a skate park with nothing to do. So we've decided that we're going to Tony Hawk it and like add some achievements to it um, because yeah, everyone was reviewing it and uh, giving us feedback. And yeah, that's how Mark grew his game Attack on Quest by getting a big community, getting feedback and building it. And we want to do the same for it at a time. And our, and our next game, which is uh, we're starting building in the next couple of weeks, which I haven't even told you guys about. So oh. yeah, yeah. Look, watch out. It's called, it's called Project Kuro for now. That's, that's our placeholder game name cool <laughs> yeah. oh i'm i'm excited to hear more i always love a mystery and a reveal yeah. uh, we, we've had some other developers on the podcast here who talk about having their games on app lab and SideQuest, and it seems like no one really knows how to officially get to the oculus store even people who have been on the oculus store don't know why they got approved when other games didn't what can mm -hmm. you tell us about your experience kind of being on both these platforms yeah, it's, in it's really interesting. And I feel like if I say something bad, Oculus is going to listen to me and they're going to ban us from the Oculus store. But <laughs> essentially, yeah, it's once you actually get on there, you get a higher level of support. And once oh, they send us a free headset, like just randomly, like just a Quest 2, just a, um, in the mail, I was like, fantastic. Nice. And yeah, the struggle is real. Like um, if you've ever tried to get a game on Steam um, and gone through their process, it's like that, but like times 10. And oh, it might have just been when we were doing it. It might have just been the timing. But yeah, once you apply and do all their checks, um, if you get one thing wrong, it pushes you back like two or three weeks at a time. So you have to be really, really stringent in going through it. Um, and I, I was speaking to you guys about it before, but just the privacy policy, for example, you think that'd be a cut and paste, off we go. Um, but no, nah, it's so strict. We got knocked back three times. Um, and for anyone Ooh. who's thinking about doing App Lab, literally just write, we do not collect data. On Oculus, just write that and you'll get pushed through because that helped us. It's, that would save you eight weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's a get ready, wow. get ready for that mentally. Like obviously making your games <laughs> really, really hard, 
but getting that game onto App Lab is even harder. So yeah, be ready oh, for wow. that. There's no. I feel like if there's business coaches out there who are struggling, you should build a course on how to get on App Lab uh, because there'd be a lot of people that <laughs> would like that. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, our one of our hosts, Lip Knox, he he plays a lot of App Lab games on his channel, and he it's so frustrating for him, like seeing some of these really awesome games on App Lab, and they're not on the store, and they're better than some of the ones on the Quest store. And yeah, it's yeah, and there's that side of it, and there's the opposite side where we're a full on game agency, and we're dedicating all of our time and and uh, resources to getting this game out there. And then we'll see games that are like literally a cube or like, you know, a replica of a gorilla tag. And we're like, how do these guys get on App Lab? Because we know what you have to go through to get there. So I'm like, how are these allowed on there? Like these guys are doing it as well. Like, um, so that can be frustrating, um, but it's all yeah. part of it, the journey. And um, yeah, it just makes it because it's so much harder. It makes it all worth it once you get there. Even though once you get on App Lab, there's no marketing. You have to do your own marketing. It's, uh, yeah, you, there's a lot of stuff you don't get on App Lab that you do get on the Oculus Store. Um, and yeah, some friends of ours have taken it from App Lab to Oculus Store. And then yeah, it gets even stricter even again. Apparently they um they go through every single line of your code of your um of your game when you get to the Oculus Store. Wow. They, they check absolutely That's every intense. line of code. And yeah, there's an agency uh, in Australia and they had, I think theirs was like another three months or something to get on the Oculus Store. But obviously once you get on there, it's you know way more, way more eyes are seeing your experience. So that equals cash. Yes. So you want to you want to be that, there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cash is good. Cash is king. So, yes, it's true, unfortunately. <laughs> so, we've seen both your games have about 4.6 out of 5 on their respective platforms, and that's a pretty high rating. Do those scores seem to help affect exposure for the games? I, I had an interview, I had a chat with Mini just before this, just to make sure I didn't make, me, uh, make us look too stupid and, and answer these questions properly for you guys. Um, but yeah, I think uh, in, in the VR space, like on Steam for most games, low ratings are red flags, but especially in VR. So if you've got everyone saying it's a really bad game, generally it's a really bad game. Um, but the biggest thing we, and obviously reviews, ratings is a big one. It's, it's something we'll check before we play any game, um, you know, branding um and like actual trailers and like screenshots are important but yeah the amount of reviews is a true indicator um if you've got 500 reviews or a thousand reviews that's the true indicator if it's a good game or not for us because attack on quest has like tons of one star ratings from people um but the majority of them are high so yeah the amount of reviews is our true indicator and yeah we think yeah having a really High score and having lots of them is definitely uh, definitely helps get more downloads and more people playing it. And especially in Attack on Quest, uh, having more people in there makes it a more fun game. We're out of time has just been released on Steam and App Lab, and because we're it's such a new game, we've got lower amount of people in there playing. Which because there's not as many people playing, it's not as fun to play. So yeah, it's that a struggle for every game to get people in there, especially for those multiplayer games. Yeah. So everybody, very, go very check true. them out. Give them five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Only if it's good though. We want we want true ratings because you know there's a uh, there's a lot of games on our uh, side quests that get fake ratings and then that's it. Mm. At the end of the day, you have to have a good game. That's the, you have to have a fun true. game, otherwise mm -hmm. people will see straight through it. But yeah. hopefully not a one star. I'm sure it's not a one star. Game. <laughs> yeah, no one star. That's hopefully. so That'd sad. Be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How does it feel to get one star reviews? I feel like that would be so hard as a developer. Like this is your thing that you've created and then someone is just tearing you a new one in the uh, in their like comments on the ratings i feel like that'd be so yeah sad. well i feel like and this might be a bit spiritual for a gaming podcast but i feel like if someone gives me a one-star rating like uh, if that's how they talk to me they must 
they, when they speak to themselves, they must be even ruder. So they have to live with themselves, you know. Uh, so if they're being mean to me, they're being extra mean to themselves. So I, so I end up feeling sorry for them. And yeah, it might look bad, but if, some, if everyone's giving us one star ratings, then our game is crap and we need to work on ourselves. But if it's just like, you know, one out of 50, then that's fine. That's okay. As long as you've got some good feedback for us at the same time. Like the, the worst right. is one star with no review. And then <laughs> we're like, what are, what's like... Like maybe they thought one was really good. Maybe they thought one yeah. was like one. Like this is like their first. But I don't know. Right. I feel like some people have to accidentally do that. Yeah, it's an accident. I was yeah, they're trying to yeah, trying to give five stars. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell myself that. I yeah, I was actually going to ask that because that's always the funny one. One star, but the other one is a like, great game. Absolutely loved it. Four stars. Like oh yeah, yeah. Why? Like we just want some constructive feedback. Like do this thing because that's Mark said his name's his name's Mark, but his his gamer tag is Mini because his last name has the word Mini in it. But he built Attack on Quest. He's had over a million downloads on that game. And purely because people got into his Discord channel and gave him feedback and they would give him feedback and he would actually implement it. So the game grew with the community. So without that feedback, you got nothing. So like for for all of our games, we want to get people saying, hey, this looks crap, make it better. And we can go, all right, let's focus on that. Uh, and that's, yeah, I think any game developer that does that, even the big ones, even like, you know, um, Last of Us and like Cyberpunk, maybe, maybe not Cyberpunk, but um, all the big games, if they're taking feedback on like, People really appreciate it and they feel like they're a part of that game. So we, yeah, we take that kind of, that same mentality. Yeah. Yeah. You've got great ratings. I didn't know it was a million downloads on Attack on Quest, but that makes sense. It's got nearly 1,200 ratings though. And, yeah. but in the comments, you go down to see what the feedback is and people say, bring it to Apple, bring it to Apple, please get it on Apple so we can play it. Is a game yeah. that's based on something like a show, is that possible to get to App Lab? Yeah, so this is the first question I asked Mark just before I hired him. I'm like, why do you even want to work for me? Like, you've got this game that's had like a million downloads. Literally just put it on App Lab and make yourself a multi-millionaire. And he's like, uh, he would, because if he had a dollar for every uh, uh, every download, he, he would be a millionaire. Um, but yeah, it's def- it's purely copyright reasons. So um, he hasn't, the thing is, he's never actually tried to do it. Um, but going through the whole App Lab experience, we've seen how stringent they are on, on rulings. I can imagine it would be knocked back straight away. But yeah, it's a it's a really good question. Like, why why isn't it on App Lab? Because people absolutely love it, and there's a, and you can see how popular it is because there's other developers that have actually created the exact same game. Uh, Mini's version is just targeted at the Quest, and that's why it's called Attack on Quest. But yeah, I would I would love for him to actually put it onto App Lab or Oculus Store. But yeah, we're we're just holding back on it because we're like we're going to get sued. But maybe we should just go for it. Maybe we should go for the whole like Uber Uber thing and just break all the rules and just worry about that. Let future Tim figure it out down the track uh, <laughs> i'll just blame you guys i'll say hey we're on this podcast they said to do it let's let's just go <laughs> yeah. oh, just, just send them like 30 percent of the revenue don't tell them why just start sending them checks and yeah. then if they come at you you'll be like i've been paying you royalties yeah, this entire this. time yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh that's great so more about Attack on Quest. It looks like from the trailer, very faithful recreation of elements from the show. Yeah. We've watched some of the show too. It's a great show. Would you yourself call yourself an Attack on Titan super fan? So I love this question. Or is because that I've more? Never, this is, yeah. So I love this question. I've never seen the show. And for all the people that love <laughs> Attack on Titan, uh, would it be like hate me for it? Um, and Mark got upset with me when I first met him because I'd never seen Sword Art Online. And he's like, what do you mean you've never seen Sword Art Online? I'm like, I've just never seen it. So I had to watch it, otherwise it wouldn't work with me. So I had to like sit down and watch the whole thing. Um, oh my gosh. Mark, it's just, it, I was hiring him and I had to watch it anyway. We'll get into that's that later. <laughs> but um, 
So I'm not a super fan, but yeah, Minnie is definitely a super fan, but he had something to say and then he said he's a super fan except for season four. So whatever that means, I'm sure the super fans out there would understand it, but he doesn't like season four. But yeah, he's he's for someone to sit down and make a game like that and grow it over a couple of years, you have to be a super fan to, to keep that passion going there. So yeah, Minnie's he's up there. Definitely. Yeah. And I would think too, like people playing the game would require a super fan to make the game because otherwise they'd be like, this is terrible. They'd give you the one star reviews. Oh yeah. I, I said to him like, <laughs> what kind of feedback do you get? And he's like, and he goes into these weird details because I've never seen the show. Um, I don't even know what he's talking about. Like the Titans eyes and like the capes they wear and stuff. And I'm just like, this is, this is weird, but I'm, I'm okay because uh, I, I know because I, I hired him because he's an amazing generalist in the, in that developer space. Like, um, especially a small startup like us, that's what you need. You need someone who can do everything really, really well. And yeah, I looked at the game just for the mechanics and the style and how he grew it without, he's not a marketer, but he is able to market it uh, from having really good gameplay, getting people to back him, get YouTube reviews from, oh, you both got cats there. I need a cat. Is that like a, <laughs> I haven't got a cat here. Sorry for those who aren't actually watching and who are just listening. <laughs> no cats here. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he, he grew it based off like he had, um, I won't, I won't say the YouTubers' names, but um, specific YouTubers would do a review and he would just see like 20,000 downloads. And we've kind of seen that with Out of Time as well, especially on TikTok. Like we had, um, when we first came out, one guy just reviewed it and it had like 5,000 downloads in like an hour. And we're off TikTok. <laughs> off somewhat, and that guy on TikTok only had like 20,000 followers. And we're just mm-hmm. like, we didn't pay this guy. But it's funny, in, in, one, in our skate park, we actually grabbed his, his like logo and put it up in one of the city, on one of the uh, billboards in the, in the game just to say thanks. And we like, we like doing that kind of stuff as well. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's just those little things that you wouldn't notice unless we actually told you. But, um, yeah. Well, look for To it. answer the question. <laughs> yeah well it's not really <laughs> i think attack on titan is huge you know people love it and there's a few other like you said people have tried to make games but it seems like yours is actually one of the biggest ones out there is that accurate yeah and i asked Minnie this question and he kept avoiding it but in my head yes it is the biggest one um especially because <laughs> it's, ta- it's target he's like he likes to keep it down low, low profile but yeah it's it's because it's targeted at quest and quest has obviously got the largest user base um his one is definitely number one and I'll, yes, I haven't seen the show, but just looking at the quality of how it's done and the, and the user base, I, I would say he's the largest and the best. Um, you know, there's some PC quality ones that have you know, better graphics because they're not on the standalone device. Uh, but I would say yes. And Mark, if you're listening, if you don't agree with me, I don't care. I think you're number one. I also think Mark's the number one developer. I think he's the number one developer in Australia. And I keep saying that. And I keep, I feel like if I keep saying it enough, people will just believe me. And if there's any other developers in Australia that think they're better than him, come and have a chat to me. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's prove it. <laughs> so you've talked about how there's that attack on quest has kind of grown with the community. There's been changes to make it better as the community has sent feedback. Yep. Are there any other changes coming for attack on quest? Any other additions or little tweaks or anything like that? that yes. you know of? Yeah. So uh, Minnie was working full time as, as his own a job that wasn't in VR and he was doing attack on quest at nighttime and on the weekends even though he's got two kids. And then that's wow. when I met him. That's when I met him. Um, and I was like, oh, mate, just come and work for me full-time VR. And he took the leap of faith. Um, and so in that last year year that he's been working with me, he hasn't really touched Attack on Quest at all. And then we got to a point where I was like, what are we doing? You've got like 6,000 people in your Discord channel. You've got all these like people that, um, you know, paying money for um, 
to be a part of like his VIP group. Uh, and we haven't done any new builds for Attack on Quest. So I was like, um, let's do a, let's do a, let's do a massive update for it um, and release it to you know keep the fans happy. So in the last month, he's been working on some updates. So rebuilding the Titans from scratch, essentially, uh, rebuilding one of the levels. Uh, he actually asked his whole Discord channel which level he wanted to rebuild and based off that he's doing the rebuild of that um and based off the last year of working with me and all the stuff we've been working on um he's learned heaps around customizing avatars so he's he's put that into the system as well and he's releasing that in the next week so there's be this big uh new release on uh, attack on quest and he's also re-added in like leaderboards as well which is a massive for the super fans of attack on quest because they love killing the most amount of titans so yeah there's, there's one coming in a week or so maybe two weeks max uh and hopefully they'll love that and we're doing that just so that's like a, a thank you to all the fans. And then we're starting on our new game um, on Project Hero, which is like, I'm supposed to keep top secret and everything. But essentially, it's a it's a anime inspired MMO uh, mass VR game. So like we're going like really super big with it, uh, getting aiming for funding and grants and true traditionalist anime inspired MMO, MMO style game. So yeah, we're meeting next week to start the process like of. Uh, as you can imagine what the process would be like, how do you build a new game? Like we'll literally sit down for like weeks and like go through everything we're going to do. Like what is the style? What is the audio? What is the music? What is the, the customizations of the character? All that kind of stuff. So super exciting. Yeah. That's wow. awesome. Oh my yeah, gosh. That's a daunting task. I can't imagine. Oh, yeah. you know? We're thinking like five <laughs> years, um, but I'm hoping we can oh, just wow. do it in like six months. <laughs> yeah, it's, but like it's, it's, I said to Mark, I said, and this might sound a bit dire, but I said, if you had 12 months to live and you're going to die, like, and besides all the stuff you do with your family and whatever, I'm like, what would you do VR wise? And he's like, I've always wanted to do an MMO anime inspired game. I'm like, well, why aren't we doing that? Let's just do it. Uh, so essentially, I'm, I'm allowing him to build his dream game uh, with me. Um, and we've both got very different backgrounds in the gaming styles we like, uh, but we want to merge them together and, and just build a game we both absolutely love. And if we're the only people that play it, then we've already won. But if other people enjoy it too, even better. <laughs> That's so okay. awesome. He's got one year where he has to just put his head down and get the game done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's like writing a book. Like it's one of the hardest things in the world and you'll avoid it. But if you can start it right. and have people behind you and start that uh, process. Yeah. Why not? It's, it's a bit of a rabbit hole, but it's funny that you say that because that's what I tell people all the time who ask me, like, why did you start a YouTube channel? How do I do it? I tell them, just do it. Just post a video, even if it's complete crap. The hardest part is like getting that first thing out there because then after that, you'll keep going. But I, I hear you. So a lot of times in life, you just have to start. I think it's hard. Like we, we literally just started our journey as well. Like we want people to come along the journey with us and like give people insight to what a game studio is like. And you, you say just post a video and that is hard. But I think bringing the energy, like the way you started this podcast was like, hey, welcome. Like it's that, to bring that energy every day. Like some days you're either like you haven't had any sleep or you're hungover or whatever. Like how do you like... Get, get that energy because you got to be on video as well. Like, that's hard. Like, I feel like it'd be easier to have, like, some kind of persona where you have, like, a mask on and you're, like, like dead mouse or something. I think that's Isn't why it? a lot yeah. of YouTubers do that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, a lot of YouTubers have their little personas so they can just kind of slip into the persona instead of being themselves. Jane yeah. does not do that. <laughs> it just seems like too much work. It seems like it's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, we've looked at both of your games here. And one thing that I like, I think that it shows that you are true VR enthusiasts, is you just go for it when it comes to movement. In Attack on Titan, you're flying around and out of time, you're riding this board through. But as a developer, do you have to think about balancing that that 
teeter-totter between motion sickness and fun movement? How do you make that happen? Yeah, it's a good question. And, and um, I think my my first answer to this is different to Minnie's, which is if you don't like our game, you can go away, uh, which is not very nice. Um, but like, yeah, we I think the number one thing is we let people know what kind of game it is so they know what kind of experience they're coming into. But we do add as many comfort levels as we can. So with Attack on Quest, we've had way more time to develop that. So it's got all the different settings to make it more comfortable to actually use it, like using it, shielding your eyes or changing for sitting or standing or like snap turn or smooth turn. And then with out of time, we haven't got as many options. Uh, and we've actually changed the movement system a couple of times and the speed system a couple of times. But yeah, I, I just keep going back to like, if you just want to like walk on a plank or like do some meditation, like don't play our game because our games are made to be like adrenaline, like fun. And I have that in my notes as well. Like, I don't know why App Lab doesn't do it, but yeah, you can't provide comfort ratings on App Lab. Like just when you go to, when you go to oh. do the setting, it's just blanked out. I don't know why they've stopped that. You think, you think that'd be like just a, like just an extra field they could add to the game. But obviously Oculus, you can see that. You can see the comfort level, but App Lab, they don't. They don't allow it. So, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, if you want to have fun and, like, maybe get a little bit sick, come play our games. No, it's, <laughs> I think it's, like, one in one in 50 people get sick from it. Like, when we were developing the game, that was, yeah, I always get, like, when you're on the hoverboard and you're, like, going up and doing, like, a 360 and it's just, like, the weirdest movement ever. Um, yeah, it's, it all comes down to um, how you design your game in regards to, like, frames. That's what makes people feel sick. So uh, Mark's specialty is optimizing games for the quest and making them as optimizes possible for quest he's just like so stringent when it comes to it so yeah we try our absolute best to go for that um but at the end of the day there's people who feel sick i don't know when they uh, there's this lady the other day she said she watched she gets sick watching 3d shows on tv so i'm like well like this is not not for you maybe you need to get glasses or something but yeah we can't we can't we can't we can't yeah we, you're never going to impress everyone and we'd rather really impress the people that are our people than try and make everyone happy so. right yeah they're yeah, motion, the motion stuff is a hard thing. So mm. you talked to us a little bit about out of time uh, and gave us a little overview. Tell us about how you're, as you said, you're going to Tony Hawkify it. I want to hear more yeah. about it. Yeah, so out of time is a hoverboarding game. Um, and if you look at it, it looks like a snowboard. Um, and the inspiration is definitely from Back to the Future. Um, if you know the movie Back to the Future, the the uh, number plate on the car is out of time, the same way we spelt our game. And it's a mixture between um, I love snowboarding, I love wakeboarding, I've got an electric skateboard, which is a one wheel, and I think it's a merge between all three of them in regards to the movement system, in regards to you move forward to go and you lean to change on your angles. So it's a replica of a, a one wheel experience. And yeah, we just wanted to kind of like design a demo game and then see where we went with it. And that's why we, and we've just kind of kept going with it. We'll like start with the racing, adding multiplayer, adding ready player, player me, avatars. And then we added the skate park side of things. And when we added the skate park, it was just like, let's create a space for people just to hang out with, like hang out in. And then we got some reviews from YouTube people and they're like, yeah, it's great. There's no one in here. Now what do I do? And I love playing Tony Hawk's. Like Tony Hawk's is such a fun game. And the reason it's fun is because it's got awesome music, uh, it's skateboarding, but also there's things to do. Like you have to collect the letters, you have to get the high scores. And I don't know about you guys, but for gaming for me is like, um, if you're not improving your life, you can improve yourself in games. And I think a lot of people like that element of like, you know, um, you're doing something, you're working towards something. So we're doing that. Uh, we're going to Tony Hawk uh, out of time. So we're going to add some uh, things to do inside the space, uh, you know, collecting letters, doing that kind of stuff, doing massive jumps. Um, we're thinking of even like, because it's a massive city landscape, we're thinking of doing like a massive jump into a building and that, that, that room will be like 
by one of the sponsors or one of the um, like, yeah, people like yourself. Like we could have like a full dive podcast room if like jump into like Ooh. a little, little bit of marketing oh. there for you. But yeah, it, so it gives you something dive, to do. To dive yeah, yeah, dive. It. No, maybe it's a dive. Yeah, that would make more sense. But it gives them something to do, right? Because like multiplayer, when you've got heaps of people in there, it's fun. It's like Gorilla Tag almost. I didn't want to say that, but you got people in there just mucking around and that's fine. But if there's no one in there, if there's no gorillas in there, what are you going to do? So yeah, by having something to do in the space makes it more fun. And yeah, it's yeah, one of our, we've got a sponsor who's a massive skateboard brand or skateboard shop in Melbourne, Australia. And we just want to put his boards in there and put like um his, like, his things in there that you can actually experience things. There's, there's a big like disabled community that loves loves skateboarding in our game. Um, so like if you had, if you're disabled, you can't walk and you can't, obviously you can't skateboard. You can if you're in VR, if you're on a chair and you can like just lean forward and have that similar experience. So we, we love doing that kind of stuff as well. That's awesome. It's really yeah. interesting to hear how you're incorporating some of the like stuff from your sponsors and stuff because we've talked before about how people like are hating on like having any kind of advertising in VR and we talked about how you know if it was things like that where it's like you know a billboard in like a VR space or something like that people probably wouldn't mind it so much they just don't want to see something like you know in the movie Ready Player One where it's like yeah you know there's stuff obscuring your view but the way that you're doing stuff sounds fun and cool. And I yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah, and that's a that's one element that I think it's a yucky space to talk about. People don't like talking about um, having to be sold to. Even though like Fortnite, for example, Fortnite is not a game. Fortnite is a shop. Like that is a e-commerce store. All right, I just want to double check with people. It's not a game. Yes, there is some funding. Like you can shoot people and stuff. But And I love playing Fortnite, but Fortnite is made to be an online store because I look at every online store as a game. Like um, if you choose any website, you're playing a game. Come to my game. Uh, I'm going to show you some pictures and some images and give you a price. And either you buy my product or you don't. You either win or you lose. Um, and that's a game. Um, but people don't like knowing that. They don't, you don't want to give people too much psychology around things because they they're like, that's, that's yucky. I don't want to know that stuff. So, yeah, it's a really touchy subject e-commerce and gaming um, but i think the way the way forward and the way to get funding for it and the way to make really cool experiences that are fun you have to have a little bit of the dark side and a little bit of the good side in there but as long as um i think if the focus is on the player from the start and not the sponsor that's the the key to it and yeah having it naturally in there like on a billboard they don't have to look at it um but if they do like that kind of thing and it's targeted towards that right the right user like for you guys for example the accessories for, for your vr headsets is amazing like I need one of those things. Like, look, I've got my, I've got my Quest 2 just sitting there. It's not lit up. It's probably like, I don't know. If I had a cat here, it would jump on it and fall off and it would break. But if I had it on an LED stand, like that would be way better. So uh, that makes sense for you guys to have the right sponsor in the right uh, podcast. But if you guys were like pushing like, I don't know, McDonald's or something, maybe, Manscaped. maybe, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it would work. Um, but uh, yeah, it has to be something that help, helps them. Like that helps me having a new, VI stand, that helps me. Um, but if it was like, I don't know, security or like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a bad Weird sponsor. cereal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it was McDonald's, yeah. I could just eat a burger the whole podcast just subtly. You know, just keep yeah. taking bites out of it and drinking out of my drink. Never mention it. And just, <laughs> it's a subtle thing. It gets in Why do heart. I feel like eating McDonald's? Yeah. Yeah, I would like that. Yeah. Oh, well, that's that's really cool that it seems like you launched out of time with a demo first because that's all I can find on the App Lab store. It's like a demo. It, what yep. What's the roadmap for this? Is there a full version you're hoping? Are you hoping to sell it at some point? Yeah, so the idea was to launch a demo, get some feedback, see if it was popular, um, kind of like dip our toes in the water in the Oculus store or in the App Lab store and then go from there. 
And then as we started developing it, then we made the skate park. And then we started talking to the guys from Live and implementing that into it so people could do some Live um, footage as well. And to get Live footage, we needed to be on Steam. So then we, and then we applied for the Steam process and went through that as well. And now we're at a point where um, we, we're happy with the two levels we've got. And we, we need to decide where we want to go next. And we, we talk about this every week. And our options are develop more levels um, or develop, uh, develop the levels we already have or develop for new markets. And to be honest with you guys, we're, we're honestly considering developing for new markets more than developing the game. So Pico, for example, we contacted those guys and we're like, hey, give us a free headset. And they're like, sure, <laughs> you just got to ask. And so they're sending us a headset, but they're only sending us Pico 3. They're not sending us Pico 4. We saw the timing wrong. But um, we want to get the headset and then build a, a build for that and put it on their, on, their heads, on their marketplace and then see what kind of feedback we get from that. Because it's like any studio, you got to you got to use your time really appropriately. And like we could do it, we could spend heaps of time making ten new levels out of time, but people might not like it. Or we could spend all our time and money like marketing it, but then the game's crap. Um, so we think our best use of our time is do a build for Pico. If that gets heaps of feedback and we've got heaps of people liking it, then we'll continue building it. But if we don't get if we don't get any feedback and we don't get any community or anyone behind it, then we might just pause it. We might just go, you know what, let's focus all our energy on Project Hero and let's go with that. Um, but for the time being, we're still very much like up in the air. Let's see what the market does. Let's see if anyone actually likes it. Uh, and we think Pico could be a really good market as well um, because you know they've got way less content than the Quest. But yeah, that's our plan. It's pretty much flip a coin, see what happens kind of attitude. But you know, that's how we live over here. So we love it. <laughs> cool. So yep. you mentioned... Ready Player Me avatars um, when you were talking about out of time. And yeah. we haven't seen a lot of developers incorporate the Ready Player Me avatars. Is it a tough process to incorporate this into games? Well, if I'm talking to a business, I'll be like, yes, it's very tough. It's going to take us six months. It's going to cost you a lot of money. Uh, if I'm talking to my developers, I'm just like, well, how, how long is this going to take us? So yeah, the, the ones you see in our game out of time, that's just six of our, our testers. So we've got heaps of testers playing the game. We're like, let's put your own avatars into the game. So we had their, out of to uh, their Ready Player Me avatars and we just implemented them but in regards to using the native out of um i keep saying out of time using the native ready player me um integration we haven't done that in vr yet and i haven't seen anyone do it in vr yet in regards to like log in and you get your avatar straight into the game because we've done it in uh webgl so on our um virtual shop experience you can yeah you can log in get your avatar customized and it's live but we haven't tested on vr yet to be honest so that would be something if we got feedback saying we want that Try it out and see. When I first went down the rabbit hole looking for information about you, I ended up on a website, Sonder Sites, your, your, one of your main websites, and it took me through a virtual store on the website in the browser where I could walk around and I could look at and pick up these beers. Where, what is, where did that come from? Do you guys brew beer? I was really curious because then I got to your game after that, but I was like, what is this whole other thing here? Yeah, and um, obviously we love drinking beer. Uh, I think most gamers, a lot of gamers do. But yeah, um, the idea behind that is um, I, I wrote a, a blog ages ago saying websites are dead. And that was purely just to piss off people who build websites. But what I meant by that, what I meant by that was websites are like zombies. Like they're, they're there, you go to them, but there's no life to them. There's no, um, like a chatbot is not really a life. And like looking at the space we work in with 3D and like VR, I'm like, all this stuff can be done on like websites should be 3D experiences. So instead of just talking about it, we're like, well, let's build out some um, 
some websites that are actually full on 3D experiences and not only 3D like experiences you can experience in VR as well. And um, so that's our prototype virtual store um, where essentially you can go into a website and experience it. And we do that in a, we've got essentially a blender file um, and then we have our own little game engine that we've developed and essentially it turns it into a WebGL experience. Um, and that, that game engine itself is only 52 kilobytes, which is obviously really, really small in that space because Unity and Unreal Engine, they do their own Web, WebGL um, ex- exporters, but they're like 500 meg. So if you load a website with 500 meg, you're going to be waiting around for a very long time. And you would have seen a lot of, you would have seen a lot of 3D experiences uh, online where you have to wait for them to load. And I just, I just don't like that. And then the experiences aren't, aren't alive. And, you know, Elgato has got a uh, desk configurator, which is good. You can you know, add your products to the to the desk, but there's some missing things from that. You got to have you got to be able to interact with 3D products in these 3D experiences. And another key thing is you have to actually they have to be multiplayer. So uh, that was one of the key things we, when we we're building our our virtual shops is we we wanted it to so you could connect with someone from the shop or you could connect with someone with one of your friends because that brings life to the experience. So Ready Player Me was just a natural integration. Um, I think they're the they're the leaders in the avatar space. Uh, they've been doing it for so long. They got that they got the most amount of developers backing them. It looks so much better than any other avatar out there that I've seen, um, especially Horizon ones. And yeah, just the the idea that they're you know they're it's easy to integrate. They work really well. You can choose full body, no legs, just the bust, whatever. And yeah, so that that experience is. We can build that for any 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 kind of client, and I think that's the future. And I think uh, we've, we've touched on it in the past, but merging the two worlds—like, why can't your website be a really really fun experience? It doesn't have to be just a website with images and videos. Like, it can be a it can be a game. So that was us experimenting essentially. I that's like awesome. It. We we've talked with some like XR Web three metaversey type people, and this sounds like you know like the future of the internet is going this way and going away from websites and going to like experiences and people being together and you know experiencing stuff in like a virtual world instead of just like interacting with your computer so i'll tell you one thing i'm not under nda NDA for but um there's a massive fashion brand in australia uh and they're purely online and their biggest problem is returns so um like women, for example, will go and order five dresses and then two of them will fit and they'll send three back. So those three dresses have to get picked up, restocked, cleaned, whatever. And it's a massive cost to them. And so the idea we're, we're talking to them about building a, a VR experience where you go in there and your avatar is the exact shape of your body type in the real world, which you can either scan at one of their shops or with your mobile. And when you try the clothes on, you see the t- if I was buying this T-shirt, for example, we do cloth simulation on those, on those 3D models so that it actually fits as it would in the real world. And based off all the stats and all the tests we've done, we reckon we can reduce their returns by 1% if if they do this properly. And 1% to them is worth millions and millions of dollars. And yeah. um, it's, it's funny that the tech exists and the tech is available, but no one's done it yet. Not one fashion brand right. has done it yet. Even though it would be so... Like, I would love it. Like I hate, I hate buying jeans. Like when you buy jeans, you gotta like go into the store, try like six pairs on, and like take your shoes off, put your shoes on. There's some weirdo like going, "Are you all right in there?" Like, like I just want to, I just want to like, I don't, I don't know why they got an American accent, but um, you know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but I just want to be able to sit in all my chair. All those weirdos. All those weird. I just want to have, I just want to sit in my chair like this and just like click and go, you know, light jeans, dark jeans, and see what the fit's like, and then go, yeah, I just want to buy it. 
Like that's what I want to do. So like for the fashion space, there's definitely um, some crossover for VR experiences. Um, and the only thing stopping it is one company doing it and having a go at it, like just going, you know what, let's spend our budget on this instead of NFTs or some fashion show we're going to do. Um, and like that's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. So um, it's just going to be people like like myself and other agencies just pushing those boundaries and asking those questions. So I'm excited for it because it's, it'll all come um, and there's more, more developers jumping into it every single day um, because they can see it too. So it's really exciting. Yeah, it's an exciting time because I feel like we're, you know, at kind of the start of a change, which is always fun. Yeah. So for people who haven't heard of your studio at all, so sad for them, what would you want to make sure they know or what more can you tell us about your studio? Sure. And, and just to clarify, that's pretty much everyone. So if you have heard of our studio, I want to know who you are. So we're that small. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've written it down here, so I, I didn't mess it up. But essentially, yeah, we're a bunch of gamers that are living the dream of working in the gaming space. And yeah, we just started documenting our journey on YouTube. And we'd love for people to follow along and give us feedback and help us grow because we're doing what we love. So no matter what happens, we're happy no matter what. Um, but if people want to join us and grow with us and give us feedback, they can be a part of the journey as well. So yeah, that's what I want them to know. That's really cool and exciting. I can see your passion here. And I just want to say again, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah. For everybody out there listening, if you want to learn more, of course, we're going to make sure there are links in our descriptions and show notes. So you can find out more about these projects and what's coming. Especially, I know you you might have leaked it a little bit here, but Project Hero has me very intrigued. So I'm excited to hear about that. Was there anything else today you wanted to make sure we covered, told people about, talked about? Was there anything we missed? Uh, nothing at all. Like I know you've already said it at the study podcast, but where do I get some of those uh, VR um, stands for my... Uh my with the lights in them i just go to that link at the top or that yeah. we'll we'll talk about that because after this episode airs i don't know they might want to uh maybe make a special one or something so we'll, we'll talk <laughs> yeah, about cool. that off air that was it that was uh that was great i love talking about this it comes really easy and it helps when you got great uh hosts like yourself um to to make it even even easier so thank you very much thank you so much we had so much fun talking to you i'm so glad that you're able to meet with us and chat with us today yes and a great podcast wouldn't be there if it wasn't for all of their great listeners so we want to say thank you to everybody out there listening remember if you are listening you can come see us on youtube or if you're already here on youtube but you want to take us on the go we're on every major podcast platform where you can either rate or review us if you want our podcast to reach even more people and if you've been thinking about vr for a long time and you think that now is maybe the time it's time to just dive on in dive on in